Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Hey everybody, it is Unrestricted. I'm Aubrey Edwards along with my co-host Will Washington. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great, Aubrey. It is another just bright morning and I don't know, I'm about to hit the gym and I, I'm just feeling it today. Look at you! Hitting the gym, just like one of the brothers. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That, I think that's been the problem is working in AEW. Like, I was already, like, a gym guy. A lot of people know that I lost a whole lot of weight last year. But, like, working in AEW and being around, like, all of these genuinely great fit people all the time has been, like, having me up my gym game. Like, I have to be in the gym, like, all the time. I have to keep up with you guys. It's, like, insane. Like, I talk to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I was getting some stuff done while at the gym. And I'm like, I don't have that. Emailing during my rest interval. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild, right? And especially now with our travel schedule being what it is, like we're a couple weeks into collision. So now we have this whole thing on a Saturday. So we've got another travel day going on. And then we got to be at the venue early. So now I'm trying to like get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday to sneak in this workout because you got to take care of yourself on the road, right? Like what has collision been like for you? It's been interesting because, you know, I was only on the road about a month and a half before collision started. So it it was like, okay, I I was getting in the groove of, all right, you know, being on the road for Wednesdays. And all of a sudden, now I have the second day where I get to be home for a day, chill, and then back on the road Friday. And I've been enjoying collision. I I think collision, you know, we talked about it when AEW was first launching collision and we were kind of getting into it. And uh, you know, I made the point about the necessity of collision, like when you take a look at the roster and how many people there are and how many people we want to see. Mm-hmm. And I think since collision has started, I think all of that has felt justified. I have felt a vibe at both shows where it really doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of mystery around what's coming up and, and things along those lines, because the collision people know that they've got collision things. The people who have got dynamite things know they've got dynamite things. And it feels really good. It feels I just feel this renewed sense of energy at both shows when I'm there on Wednesdays and when I'm there on Saturdays. Absolutely. It, it's a different vibe. It's kind of hard to describe. And I think when when we have a couple weeks in, we could probably maybe talk more a little bit about it. But TV is fun and awesome and all these great things. And it's made awesome because of amazing people. And that is why I'm very happy to introduce our guest today, one of the most amazing human beings in the world, one of the happiest people in the world. I'm just so happy he's here because he lights up a room every time he's here. Mark Briscoe, welcome to AEW Unrestricted. How are you, buddy? I'm good, good. How's everybody doing? I'm really good. And honestly, I'm really excited to have you guys in the same place. Yes. Because there is a lot to talk about. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about. Matter of fact, we can't even like get into a a true discussion here about anything before we talk about 
you two teaming up. Uh, the, th- the two of you were in a six-person tag. With Papa Briscoe. Yeah, with Papa, yeah. Briscoe, with Papa Briscoe on Rampage. Oh, my God. So you guys took on Karen Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and, of course, Jay Lethal. Yes. So, first off, <laughs> teaming with Aubrey, Mark, what, what was that like? <laughs> what, what was it like? Well, let me tell you, I, now, I do respect Aubrey. I respect your decision, your retirement. You know, I respect it. I'm there for you. Undefeated. Undefeated, just like our other partner, Papa Briscoe. He he's undefeated, and uh, but I just want to let you know, if you ever decide to come out of retirement, we might have to go on a run on a tear as <laughs> the most destructive mixed trios team in the history of history. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Will. <laughs> uh, like honestly, like it's one thing to retire undefeated, but you are undefeated by submission. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad ad for you right there oh my god yeah no it's it's uh i i never wrestled i never intended to wrestle i was like perfectly content y- you know yelling at dudes and shouting rules and stuff so when this whole thing happened i'm like sure whatever we're just gonna ride the ride and see how it all works out and then i heard i was tagging with mark and his dad i'm like okay this is pretty much the greatest thing in the world like (laughs) and it's not even like hyperbole right like this is so wonderful and amazing and papa briscoe by the way like mark already is an amazing human being but papa briscoe is just the sweetest person i've ever met and he was immediately like i was like oh this is like my dad like he's just super proud of me he was hugging me after like you did so great i'm so proud of you yeah yeah we did it this is awesome (laughs) (laughs) damn right so like tell me about like how that all came together like what led to the decision for you to use the figure four specifically i I mean it felt kind of like a badass move to just use jay lethal's finisher against his teammate Mm-hmm. If I wanted to put like a period on everything, like, all right, here, this is how we're going out. Right. Stamp it. Right. That's all you got to do. But I, I remember being in the discussion <laughs> when all of this like was starting to come about. And then when it was brought up and look, I'm a big Ring of Honor guy. Knowing a lot of the history of Ring of Honor, when I heard that Papa Briscoe was going to be a part of this, I got really excited. Mark, when did you find out that this was all going to happen? And what was your reaction to teaming with Papa Briscoe and teaming with Aubrey? Well, I tell you, it was uh, the pay-per-view match with FTR and Jay Legal and Jeff Jarrett when, uh, you know what I mean, when Karen stuck her nose in there and then Aubrey. That bitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then she had the audacity <laughs> to do what she did to Aubrey. At that point, I was like, okay, there's got to be some comeuppance with at least Aubrey. I'm going to help Aubrey get her comeuppance. And the next thing you know, it's like, Okay, we outnumbered here, and it's a weird dynamic because it's mixed tag team action. And I've said I'm not going to have any more tag team matches. I'm done with two on two tag team matches. So we were brainstorming and say, like, hold up, you know what might be just crazy enough to work? Just like the bat signal in the sky, calling the big man. <laughs> I think my favorite part of all of that, too, is like the timing of everything. Like the match was in Washington, D.C. You yourself are from the Northeast. So it was just like, this is too good. Like and Washington, D.C. is where Sanjay's from. So it felt really good to especially like, you know, beat his team and kind of where he's he's the big deal. So it's weird the way wrestling works, where it all kind of comes down to just timing. And it's just perfect. It really is. Yeah, so this this match was wild. There was there was promos, there was backstage segments, and then I felt like I had to follow up 
mark with my own sleeveless ref tank top. There wasn't camo. Like, I can't rock that. But I threw a little bit dazzled on. That was fine. <laughs> oh, you crushed it. You crushed it. I loved it so much. Like, I told you at the time, I was like, I want to see this like every week. Just go out there with this the bit dazzling. Like, honestly, I want to see Ref Aubrey in the back like every single time. It was great. Dude, the amount of people that have asked me, like, are you going to sell this shirt? I'm like, we don't even sell standard Ref shirts. Like, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm very happy. It was a wonderful experience. I could not have asked for anything better. Like, Everyone involved in this, from the planning to the execution to Sarah Stock, who was helping us kind of put it all together. Like, I could not be happier, but I also could not be happier that it's done. I was so sore that day. And I'm like, I barely took a bump. Karen kind of took everything because I kicked her ass. Oh my God. Like, I have so much more appreciation for wrestlers and Mark, especially for like carrying my ass through that whole thing. Cause like, I took a hot tag, came in, had about two minutes, and then called it. I'm like, there was a whole like six minutes before then. You and Papa Briscoe got that it factor. Like, y'all got that less is more. Y'all ain't even got, y'all just show up, make that money, and leave. <laughs> yeah, he comes in, throws a couple lariats. I throw throw on a figure four, bash somebody with a guitar. Like, it's done. Money's made. Good business, brother. Let's get the hell out. <laughs> Damn right. Head to the pay window. Oh, my God. Well, prior to all of that, and Aubrey, you talked about uh, your ref attire. Mark, <laughs> talking about double or nothing, you got to ref the match between Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett versus FTR at Double or Nothing. You were the special guest referee. What was it like being the referee in someone else's tag match? I enjoyed it. Next time, I'll definitely have my knees and my elbows covered up because I was burned up for like two weeks from jumping on the mat and having, oh my goodness. Oh, dude. It was fun. I tell you that first, the first pinball, I caught myself like, oh shit, that's right. I'm supposed to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that's supposed to count. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like there's anybody here with with refereeing experience. I mean, what what would you <laughs> I mean, what what would you say, Mark, was the hardest thing about being the referee? And she's got to be on top of everything, especially cat in a tag match. You got four people, and Jeff Jarrett. We all know Jeff Jarrett, and and he he ain't shy on the scallywaggery, if you know what I mean. So got to keep your eye on him. He she does a full nice work right there. You know, you got their multitasking. You got to get the be sure ain't nobody in for longer than five seconds. And then you got to you got mind them closed fist. And the next thing you know, somebody's making a pin out of nowhere. Oh, shoot, I'm the one down there supposed to be counting. And then, you know, he's got to be sure that everybody want to keep on going. And then the arm ringer got asking you good. Are you good? Because you don't never know. They might want to give it up. You don't never know. So you just got to be on top of everything. You got to, I got so much respect for Aubrey and for all the referees that, uh, man, y'all, y'all got a heck of a tough job. I think one of my favorite parts of all of that was when we actually fitted Mark for a IFB so he could get time cues and stuff during the whole thing. And it was just like, oh, someone's chat with him the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and that was a little bit of a challenge, too, because I'm sitting there trying to do my referee duties. And the next thing I know, people are talking to me in my ear and I can't quite hear them as well as I wish I could hear them. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm trying to try to focus on the match and trying to focus on, you know, making these one, two. But the whole IFB. If I get to be a referee again, then I'm going to be more aware of that uh, the earpiece because that thing will throw you off at first. 
it's a wacky thing when you've not when you're not used to actually getting the time cues and incorporating the production elements into what it is you're doing. Because normally, like you're in the ring and we're just telling you, like, okay, two minutes left till break, and it's just like a whatever thing. But then there's all this other information coming in. You were lucky because it was a pay per view, so you didn't have to deal with a commercial. That was super fun. Oh, <laughs> Aubrey, I, I I do have to note that. I think in the history of AEW, this was almost, almost one of the easiest nights of your career. And I say almost because you still had to take a guitar shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so easy. Sure, right? (laughs) I mean, just peeling back the curtain, I prefer pay-per-view days to weekly TV just because there is no commercials. It's literally when you start a match, you just have the time you're counting down and then you're pretty much good to go. So this was always kind of like weird. And then I found out, oh, we're doing this guitar shot. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not doing any matches later in the day. So I've got one and done. This is awesome. And it was early in the show too. So I was super pumped about it. I just got to actually like sit back and enjoy everything, which was awesome. And not something you really get to do on show day very often. But you still had to take that guitar. Well, I, I definitely spent a lot of time that night picking wood chips out of my hair and I had some scratches on my face. I looked like a mess going to the airport the next day. It's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I'm not going to even explain it. It's just too much. But I want to I want to talk about weekly TV because I know that this is something that like Mark is pretty new at. Like ROH was sort of like its own thing for a long time. And we'll talk about your involvement with ROH eventually. But like, what's it like for you now being on weekly TV and having to adapt to sort of that style? I tell you, it really is a whole different product when you're talking about something like what we do with AEW and it's weekly TV. And there's only two hours of dynamite, two hours of collision, one hour of rampage. It's not going to be all wrestling. It's not going to be all matches. There's a lot of There's interviews, there's promos, there's all the other stuff that comes in with weekly television. And so the biggest change for me is I'm not actually wrestling as much. Like me and Jay, we were just guns blazing every weekend for 20, 22 years. And then now I show up to work and sometimes I got a match and sometimes I don't. And Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had a match tonight. And but then I'm like, oh shoot, I'm not going to be sore tomorrow. I get to, uh, <laughs> I get to enjoy the dessert at catering right now. I don't got to wait till after my match. I get to go eat the goodies right here, right now. But uh, it's definitely a different speed. I put it like that. It's a, it's a totally different speed. I'm traveling a whole lot more, but not wrestling as much. But then when I do get to wrestle, it's like, all right, now. Most of the time, it, it means more because of the uh, setup work, the promos, and the preparation that we've done. So it's a, it's cool, and it's like a learning experience. It's funny, 23 years in now, it's like, oh, man, still learning new stuff, still doing new stuff. But yeah, man, I'm, I, I ain't complaining. That's for damn sure. And it's so great having you backstage at TV because you're such a wonderful, like positive presence. And that's one of the things that I've loved about having you as part of our team now is just like, man, I've heard all of these amazing things about Mark Briscoe. And I think we'd met like once before. And now it's like every time I see you, I'm like, yes. And we talk about our raps and we talk about our tortilla (laughs) raps, not like raps like Mark Castro. There's a whole thing there. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we've got a lot more to talk about with Mark coming up here on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, 
Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. AEW Unrestricted. I'm Will Washington. Aubrey Edwards also with me, but we're talking with the one and only Mark Briscoe. Mark, we were talking about TV and, and being a part of AEW TV. We can't talk about that without talking about, of course, your, your debut and, and how this all began. And you made your debut on the January 25th AEW Dynamite main event against Jay Lethal. It was a tribute match to your brother, Jay Briscoe. I kind of want to talk to you about that experience as a whole. Uh, that was, you know, from a viewer's perspective, one of the most incredible pieces of television I've ever watched. I, I was in tears. I, I was touched. I thought, I think you guys uh, really killed it in the ring. But then on top of that, just the way the the outpouring of emotion and everything around that just was just incredible. What what was that experience like with that being your first AEW Dynamite experience with your first live TV experience with AEW and getting to do that tribute for your brother? What was that like? Man, you know, it's it's just crazy how things happen, how the timing of things sometimes is mind blowing to me. To me, that's like, you know, I ain't trying to get too deep or whatever, but it's like God's like signature, like God's like hallmark, like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> like it was like the day before my birthday was was January seventeenth. My birthday's the eighteenth. That was the day that my brother passed and I saw him earlier that day. And he he's just being a goofball. He's like, You ready for your big day tomorrow? You ready for your big day tomorrow? And then a couple hours later I'm getting a phone call and like what's happening, you know what I mean? And so with the whirlwind that was going on that week, those next couple of days, you know, it's just, and then I talked to Tony, Tony texted me. He said, Hey man, can I, can I give you a call? And I was like, yeah. And he, and he called me. And then, then between, I can't remember exactly how it was brought up. Cause like I said, everything was such a whirlwind at a time, but you know, of course I'm, I'm talking to lethal cause he's one of my best friends. I talk to him all the time anyway. But then, uh, the idea of that match had come up and Tony was all for it. He was a hundred percent like, if you want to do it, then let's do it. And I was like, shit, yeah, damn right. I mean, you know, when it first happened, I was almost like, well, I don't know if I ever want to wrestle again. And then wow. as the, the hours go, it's almost like, shit, Damon will be pissed if I, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I hung up the boots now, he'd be mad as hell. He'd be like, Come on, chick, what the what the hell are you doing, man? Like, don't be a little bitch. <laughs> but uh <laughs> the way that the next week's dynamite is on Jamin's birthday, to me it's like, okay, well, that's little more than a coincidence. It's just like God's time and, and then to be able for me and Jay Lethal to be able to get that main event match and it just it was almost, uh, it was strangely comforting. It brought me a lot of comfort as in everything's going to be all right. This is just all part of it. You know what I mean? This is just part of it. Keep on, keep it on and carry him. Jay's with you. Like your brother's with you. Y'all have been on this journey all these years and that's not changing. It's not just you ain't by yourself now. It's just now I'm representing here in the physical and he's in the, he's still, still with us in the spiritual. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just like, I just got that 
overwhelming like peace and the comfort and uh hey carry on keep on keeping on like don't let this be something that brings you down like use this almost as a springboard to even take the journey higher take the journey further you know keep keep grinding you know what i mean do what jay wants you to do and keep on keeping on you know it's one of the things that i've really loved about aew like it's unfortunate whenever people pass but i feel like we go above and beyond to try and give everyone sort of their flowers and make sure that everyone knows that these people, what they've done for wrestling, what they mean to everyone backstage and seeing you have that match. And then like we were talking about referee assignments that day and all of us were pretty insistent that Paul Turner had to do it just because it's like, dude, it's, it's ring of honor. Like even though it's AEW TV, it's like, this means so much to everything. And I know that it's a hard day for all of us, but like, dude, you got to do it. Seeing something like that, being a fan of ring of honor for so long was just so wonderful. And knowing the history now sort of between you and Jay and how you guys are such close friends, like it was just so good and unfortunate circumstances, but I'm so happy that, we all got to see you and celebrate your brother in that way. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Speaking of your brother, you guys had tagged together for 20 years, almost from day one, and you were both really young when you started. So was there any sort of like question that you guys weren't going to be working together? Was there just like, you guys are clearly very, we're very close, right? Well, let me just, just slight correction there. It was 22. We started in May 20th, 2000 was our first match, which was actually... It's funny with this question that he, uh, our first match was supposed to be Mark Briscoe versus Jay Briscoe, but then the two local heels, Mr. Ooh La La and the fabulous Mozart Fontaine in <laughs> Wilmington, Delaware, yeah, they came out and you two little pipsqueaks, you guys, they, you, they, you know, you don't, you don't deserve this ring. So we're going to show you what's what and we're going to, going to put you in your place. You don't even belong here. So it turned into a tag match, but, uh, we used to, when we started wrestling, not professionally, obviously, but when we started wrestling in the backyard and with on the trampoline, and then we built a ring, it was always me versus him. So I guess I never had thought about, oh, when we go pro, we're going to be a tag team. I had never thought about that because we, we had always been, we had always been each other's arch nemesis. <laughs> so I guess it, now, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's kind of like a foregone conclusion. We less than one year apart in age, and we have a similar look and everything. So I mean, just kind of pretty good template for a brother tag team. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and, and you know it's interesting because um, when you talk about Ring of Honor, the history of Ring of Honor, you cannot even think about Ring of Honor without thinking about the Briscoe brothers. It, it is just uh, you guys were synonymous with the name of ring of honor because you know when you talk about the first ever ring of honor show the era of honor begins you guys were on that show but jay wrestled that show uh but you did not you accompanied him to the ring but couldn't wrestle why was that i was 17 years old and uh that was (laughs) what february 20 2002 you know so we started in 2000 may 2000 i was 15 jay was 16 so now 2002 jay had just turned 18 and I was still 17 and the state of Pennsylvania had just started enforcing a rule that you got to be 18 years old to wrestle in the state of Pennsylvania, even though me and Jay both had already wrestled in Pennsylvania while we were minors. Rumor has it one night we chose to do 
one show instead of another show. And the guy from the show that we didn't choose to do, he called the athletic commission and said, hey, you know that so-and-so has underage people working for them. We were the reason they even started enforcing the rule. They didn't enforce the rule until somebody tattletailed on us. And then we actually had a match, a couple matches, where we wore masks and we were the Midnight Outlaws. And uh, we dodged the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission when we were still 16 and 17 as the Midnight Outlaws because they didn't know that the Midnight Outlaws were underage. They just knew that Mark and Jay Briscoe were underage. <laughs> it wasn't super, it wasn't very thorough as in everybody in the locker room wanted to see your IDs. It was like, oh, Mark and Jay Briscoe, they're not on the card. They're the guys who are underage. But that's why I wasn't on that first show. That's why I wasn't on the first handful of shows in Pennsylvania because all the first shows were in Philly. The first Ring of Honor shows were in Philly. The first show that wasn't in Philly was up in Massachusetts. And that's when I made my Ring of Honor debut against my brother. Damn. You sneaky, sneaky dude. Trying to <laughs> skirt the law the way you did. <laughs> Don't underestimate the sneakiness, Aubrey. <laughs> How did you guys get involved with Ring of Honor as, as it got started? When we broke in back in 2000, we were up in Wilmington, Delaware, but we always were going to, to the old ECW shows at ECW Arena in South Philly. Well, anybody who's familiar with that time frame of between the ECW and a lot of the uh, Northeast independents, Rob Feinstein, he's a tape dealer. He sold tapes. This was back before DVDs and before any kind of anything digital, but he would have tables set up with just crates and crates and crates of tapes, like New Japan, All Japan, Mexico, death matches, all the old ECW stuff, just so many different tapes. And like that was, if you wanted to watch wrestling besides for what's on TV back then, he was the go-to guy. He got all the tapes from all around the world. So we knew him before we even started wrestling because we were going to all the shows buying tapes from him. And then when we do start wrestling, we actually are on shows that he's he's doing his thing. He's selling his tapes and whatnot. And we actually got to know him and uh, Doug, his partner, Doug Gentry. But uh, rest in peace, Doug. But uh, yeah, so Rob's actually the guy who started Ring of Honor in 2002. And we already knew the guy for a couple of years just from... Northeast Independence and from ECW and from buying tapes from him. And he was a fan. And he said, hey, guys, I want to use y'all. And that's how it all started with Ring of Honor. That's crazy. And I love that wrestling, because, like, it's not just Ring of Honor. It's pretty much everywhere. It's like, where did you, Yeah. how, how did you end up on the show? Well, I knew a guy. Yeah. Because wrestling is so interconnected that way. It's so fascinating to hear stories like this. It all just came from like, yeah, I bought a couple tapes from a guy and then I ended up on a TV show that I became yeah, synonymous right. with for 20 years. No big deal. <laughs> you know, it all started with the best of the best of Japanese death matches tape that I bought in Dover, Delaware in 1998. <laughs> Dang. Who would have thought, right, that that eventually leads to like you being on TV every week? Damn. I mean, as, as Will said, you can't say ring of honor without thinking of the briscoes and the briscoe brothers like how how much you guys have done and back in the inaugural roh hall of fame class 2022 it was you guys cm punk smojo brian danielson all inducted 
What did it mean to you to be inducted into a Hall of Fame with Jay? I'll tell you, that was, I mean, that was really cool. It was during that little window where uh, St. Clair Broadcasting had announced that Ring of Honor was, for all intents and purposes, was done as far as with St. Clair Broadcasting. That was before Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Thank you, Tony. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so at the time, it was almost like, oh, wow, is Ring of Honor over? And now is this Hall of Fame going to be a thing? Like every couple, every year there's a new class, but no more Ring of Honor. But then, so yes, it was very humbling and very like, wow, that's crazy. It was Joe, Brian Punk, like, and then us like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> and then when Tony, I never, never forget when he made the announcement on Dynamite that one night that he had bought Ring of Honor, I like to jump out of my seat. I like, what? you know, call Jay. like, hey, are you watching, man? You watch? We do still got a job. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> the Hall of Fame thing was really, really cool. It's super awesome and it's well-deserved. I mean, the, the amount of stuff you've done in wrestling and I feel like you're just even getting started. So congrats to you, man. This is, this is awesome. We've got more coming up here on AEW Unrestricted. Will and Aubrey talking to Mark Briscoe. AEW Unrestricted. I'm still Will Washington. She's still Aubrey Edwards. And we've still got with us the amazing, the wonderful, the talented Mark Briscoe with us. Mark Briscoe, famously one half of the amazing tag team, Briscoe Brothers. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because I I think you can't really have historically a a significant tag team that didn't at some point have a rivalry with each other that just happens over time. But what's interesting about you guys' story is that yours, for most teams, it happens later in their runs. Yours happened very, very early on in Ring of Honor. You guys started in Ring of Honor feuding with each other. Tell me about that. And uh, tell me about, you know, how that came together and and what led to you guys essentially deciding to bring it back together as a team. Here we go. The first Ring of Honor show, day one, Ring of Honor, day one, the era of honor begins. First match, Jay Briscoe versus Amazing Ray. Mark Briscoe can't wrestle because he's 17 years old. So I'm looking looking at my big brother like, come on, man, let's make the family proud. So what does he do? Goes out there and he loses. <laughs> and then the next show, what does he do? He goes out there and he loses. And he loses again. So I got to give him a hard time. Like, come on, man. If I was allowed to wrestle, I'd be making everybody proud. But here you are losing match after match. <laughs> that being said, I think he, he took offense to that. And I told him, well, shoot, in Massachusetts, I, I'm allowed to wrestle in Massachusetts. So put your money where your mouth is, me versus you, Massachusetts. Let's go. So that was my debut, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Briscoe, and I whooped his monkey ass. <laughs> 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 that was the storyline going in. It was he was losing, and I was clowning him because he kept losing. Of course, there's hard feelings there. I actually was uh, recruited by uh, Chris Daniels, the prophecy that was uh, mm-hmm. one of the original stables, one of the original groups in Ring of Honor. So Chris Daniels, he took me under his wing. And so I steered in that direction. Jay's trying his damnedest, but can't win a damn match. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> that was the beef there was me clowning him because he couldn't win. And then me going with Chris Daniels. And then when we came back, actually, if I'm not mistaken, because I turned... 18 that next January. So that's when I could start wrestling in Pennsylvania in wherever, you know, but in 
November when I was still 17. I'm in high school. One of my best friends in high school, he was actually killed in a car accident when I'm 17 years old. And I think because that rocked me. I'm a senior in high school. And that, so that kind of rocked my world there. And that was kind of like, it really kind of threw me for a loop as far as just life in general. And then me and Jay in New York at the uh, Madhouse of Extreme, I could wrestle because, you know, it wasn't Pennsylvania. So it was Mark versus Jay one-on-one. And he won that match. I think that was kind of like when we squashed the beat. And then soon after, I turned 18, so then we can start wrestling. I think our first real uh, feud, our first program when I did turn 18 was me and Jay versus Red and AJ Styles, which was a cool little trilogy of matches. Dang. It's wild. Like, I I didn't realize that until all the story happened. Then it's like, yeah, you started with a feud and then ended up getting together. So, I mean, clearly Jay needed a couple wins. So it was in his best interest to uh, wrestle with you. Exactly. exactly. There's always one brother that's better. We're not always going to say it publicly, but, you know. (laughs) You know, you know. know. (laughs) He won two world titles. That's all right. You know. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. But you guys won, I think, the tag titles like 13 times. Yes, man. 13. Ridiculous. And I, I don't know how we haven't talked about this, but like I, for a lot of people, when Tony bought Ring of Honor, it was bringing Ring of Honor to sort of like a new audience that hadn't really seen all everything that you guys had done before. One of the first shows, obviously, in every show after that, you guys have this amazing feud with FTR, who is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I think we can confidently say this at this point. So what did that series of matches mean for you? Because you guys came in as champs. And then I think you ended up dropping the belts and then you ended up getting them back. And it was just every match. It was, oh, this can't get any better. And then it got better. Oh, this can't get any better. Double dog collar. Oh, my God. This is the greatest match we've all ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a, like really special to me. The, the, the whole thing, the whole feud, the whole program, like even before the first match, when the first interactions started happening, I remember it was it had to be October when Sinclair broadcast and when they announced, okay, we're going to do final battle in December, but after that, we're done. Ring of Honor's done. Me and Jay, which that's been our, our place of employment for 20 years, we're like, what the hell? Well, so we got to, I guess we got to figure something else out. So, that, but previously, Ring of Honor, they didn't let us do many independent dates, like not many at all. Like all the Ring of Honor guys were exclusively Ring of Honor. As soon as that announcement was made, then it was also kind of part of the announcement that all the Ring of Honor guys are now free to do whatever, to do all the indies. And so we start taking, shoot, we're doing indies like it's back 2006, 2007. (laughs) But right as soon as that announcement was made that the Ring of Honor guys were free, the, the cage has been open. I remember that very night, Dax Harwood, he, he tweeted, it just said, Briscoes, just Briscoes, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And Jamin, good lord, my brother, he. <laughs> if there was one thing he loved, it was token the fire and just getting people fired up. <laughs> and for him to, to to see that opportunity and just his eyes just light up. And and then we we said something back. You know, I mean, I don't remember. It's it started with just back and forth, a little bit of Twitter banter, and then next thing you know we cut the first video like, Hey, what's good? Like, come on. Like we not the ones that we're not preventing this from happening. Like, let's go. You scared? Like, come on, let's do it. And then they fire back. And then next thing you know, 
Tony by his ring of honor. It's like, hold up, this might actually be something that might end up happening. And then Supercard of Honor, which was what March, it was at the end of March, and uh the match was announced, and it was just like, oh shoot, it's like it wasn't built up on TV. It wasn't built up with the meetings of creative and the bookers talking about all right like let's do this cut this promo cut that promo it was just totally organic it was totally me and jay doing promos dax and cash doing promos or responding or however they would reply first so i guess it was that final battle where we did think it was the last ring of honor show when we wrestled uh Taven and bennett mm-hmm. after that match the lights go off, lights come on, and then there's there's FTR, and then we have the first actual physical confrontation. It's like everything about it was just so, and shit didn't feel real. It, it felt like some mad, it felt magical, like like everything just fell into place from the very first when Dax tweeted Briscoes. From then all the way till the end of the of the doll collar match, it was just like it couldn't have been like it couldn't have been better. Like it just magical <laughs> you know what i mean crazy no, i honestly i think uh just for me you know i i was in the building curtis Caldwell center for that first match in garland texas uh seeing you guys go at it and it was just such an incredible experience like the the amount of people who just wanted to see this match actually happen and before the bell had even rung half the crowd chanting top guys Another half chanting dim boys, everybody going nuts, everybody screaming their heads off. And you guys hadn't even touched yet. Yeah. The amount of anticipation you guys built. Like I I was just thinking about what you were saying there about how it was really just you guys putting this together. There there wasn't, you know, a, a team of bookers. There wasn't a team of creative really coming up with ideas for how to sell this match. You guys were selling it. And then at the end of the day, it worked. You had an entire crowd of people who were just insanely wanting to see you guys lock up. And then the fact that every match delivered after that, that that to me is is pro wrestling. That is just the beauty of this sport that you guys do. And I, I love that. Thank you, man. So good. So, so good. Of course, wanted to talk about uh, going back a little bit with you and Jamin got started wrestling at a very early on age. What this made you guys decide, this is what we're going to do. We are going to be professional wrestlers. What uh, sparked that interest? When we were little kids, like three, four, five, six, that age of kids, we loved, I mean, we loved watching WWF. It was Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, just a whole lot of my generation of wrestlers. You know, it was Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Jay liked Ultimate Warrior. I liked Hulk Hogan. And we just, we were just so glued to it and just loved it but then there there did come a little a time period there where we kind of got away from it and we weren't so in love with it when we were i don't know let's say 9 10 11 12 something like that but we were on a basketball team and we were we had a tournament in philadelphia and so the whole team went up stayed in a hotel and then the next morning we'd go to the tournament or whatever but when we stayed in the hotel that night me and Jay and all our 10, 11 year old buddies on the basketball team were clicking through the channels and there's local ECW pro wrestling, hardcore TV. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anything besides for WWF or WCW or I guess old NWA. But like, this was like watching the ECW product 
with the chairs and the barbed wire and the people just going ballistic in the crowd and hooting and hollering and chanting and all kind of crazy stuff and just the whole vibe. It was like, oh, I didn't even know that this existed. So then we kind of, that kind of got us back into, like we wanted to watch more ECW. So so then we kind of got back into wrestling and then we went to that first live ECW show and it's just, I mean, insane. <laughs> Dude, insane. It was uh, just a whole different vibe from anything I had ever experienced. And from then on, me and Jay was like, this is for us. This is what we're here for. <laughs> It just clicked. It was like, man, this is it. <laughs> Some things are just meant to be, man. Friggin' awesome. Before we wrap up, we had a number of fan questions that come in, and I want to get through a couple of these before we say goodbye. There was a question, I and I think this really, really speaks true to kind of everything we've talked about, uh, from the Michael Murray on Twitter. What's the one thing that you hope people will always remember about Dem Boys? Yeah. We the damnedest tag team, the baddest tag team, you know what I mean? Never, never, never turned down from a fight. And uh, the range that we had where we could do the technical matches or we could do the spot fest or we could do the hardcore or whatever you want to do, you know what I mean? Like, we could do it from whatever spot on the show. If, if, if they want the first match, if they want the main event, if they want anything in between, if they want this, that, or the other, cage match, ladder match, any kind of stipulations, like, we got you. It ain't no problem. Like, we, I think as a team, and I'm, you know, I, I hate sounding like I'm bragging, but I don't think any team could really hit so many different genres of pro wrestling and knock it out the park like me and Jay. I agree. Oh, uh, 100% agree. I, I look, I, I, again, personally, huge Briscoes fan. I, I can't argue that at all. Um, do we want to do one more fan question? I think we got time for one more. I want to read this one from uh, Tigers at the Aquarium. It says, as someone yeah, who also has faith in something more, I really appreciated how Mark described his brother's passing. Can he talk a bit more about uh, that strength of faith in such a challenging time? It's an inspiring thing, the way he has handled all of that. I said it from the day, I mean, from the time Jamin passed, from that day, I just remember having the, some people might have heard me say it before, but as when I was going from my house to the hospital and I'm like, my brain is just like, you know what I mean? Not functioning properly. And it's like, what is like, nothing is making sense. And it's like, this can't be real. And this, that, or the other It's like, I, I swear to you, it's like, I heard over everything else. It was like, do you believe what you say you believe? You know, I profess my faith in, in, in my belief in God and belief in Jesus Christ and you know what I mean and but then it was like at that moment it was like do you believe what you say you believe or not I had to sit there and I had to check myself and I was like well I, I do I do and, and, and at that point it's like well if that's the case worry about your nieces don't worry about Jay like he's he done graduated he's he's at the next he done leveled up you know what I mean he done leveled up and so that that's what really comforted me and it's like I'm rolling with that. Like, you know what I mean? We can all choose to believe whatever we want to. That's the thing about faith. It's faith. It's not proof. It's faith. Like, you cannot prove God, but you can't prove against God either. So, and it's like, that's like, all right, well, if if this is what I believe, and if I truly believe this, then I know that my brother's all right. And now my niece, like, she's, they told her that night, you'll never walk again. She's taking like 20 some odd steps like just the other night, you know? Mm-hmm. 
if there ain't nothing more than this life, then you know what I mean? I, I don't think that I would be able to feel Jay. I would be able to feel the peace and the comfort that I do get from God and from just knowing that he still exists. And now that he exists, he exists in a higher reality, in a higher state of reality. Like he's more real. His life and his existence, right? What he's experiencing right now is more real than what I'm existing. Like this is like dumbed down and like we haven't even like all our spiritual senses haven't even been our spiritual eyes. We can't even see with our spiritual eyes. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more, there's so much more than this. And so one, it gives me encouragement that while I am here on this planet, on planet earth, to do this shit through the match. Like, <laughs> like don't live scared or afraid or worried. It's just like live to the fullest because Jay didn't know. None of us knew that that that, that was I seen him that very day. If I, I'd have probably give him a hug if I knew that was the last time I was gonna see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like to to live this life to the fullest and then to know that this isn't it. It's just like that's really kept helped me to carry on and helped me to to not lose my shit. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. You went through a crazy hardship. And as you said, like no one knows when it's gonna happen. Yeah. The fact you speak so highly of your faith and you speak so highly of your brother, given everything that's gone through, it's like I really commend you for that, man. Like you're a wonderful human being. Really commendable. You brighten a room every time you walk in. Yeah, your smile you come in and everyone's just like, man, Mark Briscoe's here. This is going to be fucking great. Like, it's going to be a good day when Mark's here. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, Aubrey. Of course, man. Thank you so much for being here today and having this conversation with us. Hey, right. Thank y'all. This was cool. This is very cool. Thank you, Mark. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Sussex Co. Chicken and on Instagram at m.briscoesr. Of course, listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday, all your favorite podcast platforms. You can check out the video episodes on YouTube and see Mark's awesome cat sitting with him yep. on the chair. Kitty, kitty. Queen, That's kitty, awesome. kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Giddy Giddy Poofy. She was here first. She was. I set the camera up and I thought she would probably go on her way, but she was perfectly content. Co-hosted <laughs> the whole time. What a cat. You can watch Dynamite Wednesdays. You can watch ROH on Thursdays. You can watch Rampage Fridays. You can watch Collision Saturdays. We're all over the place. You can see this incredible person wrestle on TV. Mark Briscoe, thank you so much. This is Aubrey Edwards along with Will Washington. Thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted.